All right, we are live. I really want to thank Jeff Bell for being on tonight. This is fantastic. I just listened to the, you know, his, his last, his Debbie shows are, are phenomenal, especially for someone in the dynasty like me who's learning the Debbie side of stuff. But um, I just want to say thanks for coming on, Jeff. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. This is me just yapping into a headset, which I love to do. And um, I get to talk to awesome fans football like yourself, awesome fans football minds like yourself. Um, that I meet on Twitter or in person somewhere else. Um, I'm talking to you um, about your football, some hobbies, some other fun questions. We'll jump into some commissioner questions, some settings that you prefer in some leagues, NFL news and rumors, some injuries, some playoff 50, week 15 playoff waiver wire targets. We'll review some trades that went down in my home leagues, the Mighty McGlynn home leagues, and as usual, we'll evaluate a team, you know, see what we would do to recommend a, either rebuild, remodel, or you know, and the steps we could do to, to do it. So, first of all. Tell me about yourself, where the Twitter machine can find you, and uh, what you do in the fans football community that um, makes people want to follow you, like myself. Hey, thank you so much for having me, John. On John, I I appreciate it, and you know we we got the opportunity to talk before, and I'm so thankful to be on the show. You can find me on Twitter at for whom J Bell tolls the number four. Uh, you can find me with Fantasy Pros. I do Debbie content with them. I do Dynasty. I write random articles with them. If you ever have a question that you're curious about want somebody to dive into it i'm certainly happy to do that and you can reach out and do that and i can put together a project for you and put it up on fantasy pros um, you can find me i do the debbie royale the show that just ended tuesday nights at 9 30 eastern on the twitter machine and on youtube and all those great avenues i also do a show called coming off the edge at seven o'clock on tuesday nights absolutely awesome i don't know you you do uh you know idp and stuff like that too I am in one IDP league. I am in the Fantasy Frames IDP league, uh, the charity league. And so that was my, I I did, um, I dabbled like years ago. So I've played fantasy football for 20 years. And so it was probably maybe a decade ago. I did like an IDP league. I did a league that had return yards. It was one of those things that, before Twitter was really a thing and Yahoo used to have these random free leagues that you could join that might have like weird settings. And so I, it was one of those that I, I had just had like my home league that we've been going on for 20 years and, and couple like a work league. And I was like, well, I want to get into a little bit more different fantasy leagues. And so I joined an IDP league then, and I played in a return yards league then. And so I've played in all different sorts of leagues. Um, right now I just do the one IDP league. It's not really my forte. The people that do it are so smart and, and so good at it. It's it's one of those that I'm, I'm going in my avenues and, and comfortable in my avenues. And, and uh, I, I don't know that I can really expand all that much further. I don't know how you do what you do already, but let alone that kind of stuff. But it was it was awesome to meet you in person at uh, Fantasy Football Expo in Canton. Um, as, a pretty, as a person like myself who's pretty heavy in the dynasty up, uh, Tell me why or why I should not just jump down the rabbit hole of, of this Devi stuff that we that we're just that we're talking about. My biggest thing would be if you enjoy college football. If you're the type that you enjoy college football, you like to watch the games, and and really if you like to get ahead of people in your leagues and especially in dynasty leagues. Uh, so I, I look at it as. Um, you talk about the different types of leagues, and I think that playing all of them can really help build you and round you out you know like playing dynasty i think it changes your mindset for a redraft league because you're used to 
you can kind of time breakouts a little bit more and playing in a Devi league that changes your mindset for a typical dynasty league, because instead of saying I've got random first round late first pick, you're, you're kind of having those players narrowed down in your mind. Who's going to go in that range even a year out in, in advance. And so I, I think that's where, if you enjoy college football, if just football is something that you really want to get into, just adding that extra layer because you know you've got your going to have your Devi draft, you're going to have your dispersal draft, like filling in the cracks. The guys like Zach Wilson last year was on many Devi rosters, and so you still have those drafts. It's just adding an extra level and and giving you another tradable asset, giving you another player to watch on Saturdays, but also teaching you and giving you that mindset of who's up and coming. I know you're a homer for Ohio teams, but uh, I had, we had season tickets to Notre Dame games for probably 30 years in our family. I, I went to five Notre Dame games a year since I was five years old, all the way through when high school started before Friday night lights were a thing. Um, we, all our games were on Saturday afternoon, so I, that was my stoppage of going to Notre Dame football games when I got into high school. But I would be picking up, you know, throughout the years, the Ricky Waters, the Tim Browns, the you know, that uh, no matter how good, no matter how bad they are, I would have picked them up just because they're Notre Dame. How, how do you not? pick up the guys from Ohio state. Well, fortunately from Ohio state, they're worth picking up because they end up, they, they usually hit hit and do pretty well. And so it's just one of those that I, I do. I, I think that I do a pretty good job of divorcing my fanhood when it comes to fantasy. Um, you know, I'm a Bills fan and we haven't had a quarterback since Jim Kelly, as you can see behind me getting Josh Allen. Now that's made me a little bit more aggressive in dynasty of this is my guy. And so I want to have him on my team just to have fun when it comes to the Buckeyes. I mean, certainly there might be a minor slight lean, but at the same time, it's hard calling a guy a homer when half of the people have like a guy like Garrett Wilson as their wide receiver one. Anyways, it's like, I can't move them up above number one. And there's a lot of other people that are on that block too. Yeah. What's your favorite part of this whole fantasy football experience? Did you, uh, playing in old redraft leagues, you know, old, old school redraft style leagues, DFS stuff, best ball, dynasty, Debbie leagues, podcasting, writing. What's your favorite thing, your go-to thing that, that you love doing? I love writing. It, writing is like that. That's something that I think that um, it gives me an avenue that I enjoy. It's a creative outlet that I enjoy. Um, and then when it comes to playing in leagues, dynasty leagues are really my forte. Um, just it's one of these that even as a young kid, like I used to like fourth grade, like I would get my football cards and I would shuffle them all up and I would make teams and I would, you know, kind of keep stats and everything like that. And so I've been had that mindset for 30 plus years of like even more. So I, I was the small, slow kid and I, we all know the small, slow kid and they're not going to be the football star. And so it was one of those things that I was more interested on, like the coaching side of the team building side, even from a kid like that was like, I looked at it as like, well, I can't run as fast as my friends, but I could know more than them because I, I'm a little bit, I don't know. I consider myself to be a mildly smart guy. And so it's one of these that uh, I've just had. Fortunately, like players are like, it's almost like I have an encyclopedia in my head. It, it comes very easy to me to like, know these guys know that where they went to school. And so Blending all those just different interests into dynasty football, I, I feel like it's and even and Debbie is great and I love 
like playing that as well, but it's really just the meat and potatoes dynasty league where you're taking a team in a direction you're having a vision for a team and you're looking at whose values are going up, whose values are going down. Fortunately, I'm in so many of those that it doesn't allow me to really dial in like I would really like to, but that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm in 19 leagues. I've been playing since like 1997 ish kind of thing, the same thing, but, uh, you know, I, I make the mistakes of trading away guys like Josh Allen when they're not panning out after a year and a half or two years. And even like I made the move of trading away Dak Prescott for Michael Thomas and Drew Brees when I was in a win what now move. And it's like, man, like I wish I would have had these assets back instead of just going for the win now. Sometimes you know. it's 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 so tough. I can only imagine how it is with seeing kids coming out of high school into college and waiting for them to get to the pros. That's got to be tough. Right. It is. Well, yeah, a guy like Travion Henderson, I'm very excited for him at Ohio State, but I also want to see how does this work to the NFL or a guy like Bajan Robinson that, you know, the 2023 class, the EP people talk about acquiring 2023 picks. And that's really what they're talking about. Bajan and a couple of these other running backs. And it's it's one of those that I've got some zero RB teams that like I want to have running backs on, but I don't really love any of the running backs in the 2022 class. And I'm like, well, now I'm going to wait another year until I can yeah. get it. A... <laughs> I feel, I feel sorry. For you, back man, <laughs> what do you do for a living? And um, are you happy? You're at, are you happy where you're at in this point in your career? Yeah, I'm a CPA. So I, during tax season, I am completely slammed. And unfortunately that also butts up to draft seasons. So it's right. one of these that I, I hear a lot of people in, in the, you know, a lot of people in the space are like, oh, it's I'm going to take be able to come up and take a breath. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, well, things are about to just get a little bit more crazy. And so I, I really enjoy it. I do taxes and I do other work around accounting. It's something that I've done for, let's see, I graduated college in 20, in 2006. So I'm in year 15 now of being an accountant. So um, it's it's my career. I'm not you know, fantasy football is a passion and being able to monetize your passions is fantastic, but I don't have any delusions that writing a random article is going to replace the income that I was provided to my family (laughs) by doing my day job. My son's going to school to be a uh, accountant. It's hopefully CPA one day somewhere. So he's going to be right behind in your footsteps, hopefully, and hopefully as successful as yourself. Oh, thank Um, you. Yeah. It's, it's a, a solid profession. It's a good career. Yeah. Um, I was about to ask, how do you find time to balance all this stuff? I mean, you kind of answered some of it already, but I got a wife, four kids, four dogs, you know, a full-time job, overtime, 19 lineups, 19 uh, league setting lineups that I got to do every, you know, Thursday, now Saturday, Sunday, Monday. How do you find time to balance all this stuff? Poorly. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, it, it you do your best. You you try to you certainly prioritize. Family comes first. I think that is an important thing to recognize, especially with the kids. You know, I've got three little girls. They're ages six and a half to three months, and so when the, when they're awake and when they're around, um, I try my best to stay off of Twitter. But I don't always do the best job on that. But certainly, I'm not like writing a piece when they're up, um, and then yeah. when they're in bed. It's, it's just one of those that when you, you find the time to do the things that you enjoy and that you love. And so it's, it's, uh, you got to make the time and you got to find it and you got to prioritize, you know, yeah, Jeff doesn't sleep. Jeff sleeps 
it's it you know jeff sleeps um he has random nights when there's nothing that's to do and the kids are down and jeff will sleep 11 hour stretch and then jeff will <laughs> sleep like four hours for a couple of nights that's what you got to do man that's what you got to do I, my youngest one is uh 17 i have a 17 and 18 a 21 and a 25 year old so i'm on the opposite side of the spectrum as yourself Yes. Yeah. You, you've experienced the, the young kids because, well, that's the other problem is that it's one of these that uh, it's like, I I think about like, well, I can stay up until like midnight or one, just like I did, like when I was a teenager, the problem is that that wake up call is coming at five o'clock in the morning, regardless, because these three and a half year old is ready to go. And so that's one of these that um, you, 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 can get that those hours back in the morning when they get a little bit older right that's my wife worked three to eleven and i had all four kids at home by myself and i coached football and baseball and i even coached cheerleading for one year when the coach quit so i mean i didn't have time to do anything back in the day nothing much so now i'm finally like now that i'm in my mid-40s and my wife you know the kids are growing up and they're kind of self-sufficient i finally have time to jump into my favorite hobby and it's I'm kind of making the best of it i could probably do a little bit more but you know, it's uh, it's a kind of a young kids game now at this point in time. It's just a hobby for me, not uh, not I'm not I'm not trying to be uh, you know, break the ice here on 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 break the ceiling here on this fantasy career, but it's uh, it's nice. It is a good. It's something. It's it's fun. It's I love doing it. So, I agree. Um, what is your favorite hobby now? Before like before fantasy football, what was your favorite thing to do? Was was fantasy football pretty much? You know, you did you do anything else? I mean, I like all sports. I'm your classic. I like baseball, basketball, football growing up. And so I've kind of, I don't know. Baseball has been tough, I feel like, because I'm a Tigers fan. And when your team is bad, it's real easy to check out completely on Major League Baseball. That Unless you're the type that you are a complete diehard on it. Um, NBA is something that I, I, NBA college basketball, it's more like, there's windows of like March madness is awesome, but like, I don't really get into the December Ohio state's playing Wisconsin game too much. Um, And then the NBA playoffs, I think are a lot of fun in the play in the summer, my real hobbies. And I played golf in high school, so I like to play golf whenever I can. That's another thing that's very difficult to do with kids because you can't really go play golf at 11 o'clock at night to have some time to yourself. And so when the daylight hours are up, they're up as well. So that's that's something that I when I can find the time I like to do. Um, I, and I do like I like playing video games. I grew up. I'm a kid of the 90s, and so I grew up with Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all that. And so I've just yep. grown up on that. So when I can get some time away, I still fire up NCAA 14 because they haven't had one since for me. But uh, and like I grew up on Zelda, so like I, I'll play that on uh, you know the Breath of the Wild on. Uh, switch mm-hmm. now or like and i i love watching uh, movies and tv shows so i've binged about every tv show that you can imagine and i've watched about every movie that's come out in the last 40 years too that's awesome i get i got it this is my garage where i kind of do my stuff at here i got a yeah. nintendo set up here where i have tech mobile rbi baseball there we go all the blades of steel like all the games that you know we played in, in high school college stuff so it's, a, uh, it's a stack right behind me. So. <laughs> Mike Tyson's punch out. There. Yeah, there you go. You got Tech Mobile right there. Tech Mobile nice. right there. So, yeah, I've got them on the shelf. Like, I don't have the Nintendo anymore, but I've still ended up with the cartridges from my parents' house. But um, I got, like, the, the mini Super Nintendo that came out a couple years ago floating around somewhere. So, uh, it's just, I grew up on video games. I grew up in the country, and so, like, it was 
like I had my cousins down the road, but I wasn't running around a neighborhood like playing with the neighborhood kids. And it was one of those that um, I was the oldest of four kids. So my, my parents were busy taking care of the younger kids and I was spending time by myself basically. And so like I would collect baseball cards and like build teams, like I mentioned before, or like play video games or watch movies or um, that's really kind of how I grew up. And that never really went away. Yeah, I figured if you're a country, I grew up in a city and we never, I never had a chance to hunt or fish or anything else like that. You know, I, I wish I would have had, I never golfed. I played football and believe it or not, water polo in high school. So that was kind okay. of, uh, that was our things. But I, I, I wish I would have played golf because it just seems like such a, I, I don't have the time, the money or the patience for golf now that I'm older, but uh, it just looks like something that would have been a super awesome thing to, to pick up. Now, when you do have time, I'm sure you enjoy it. Well, no. Well, the problem is, though, it's a double edged sword because like I I used to be good, like really good. And so now it's like I'm not. And so it's one of these that like I remember what I used to be able to do out here and now you can't do it anymore. And so that like boils the frustration up when like you used to be going out breaking 80 every time you play. And now you're worried about, about all the way going back to breaking 100 again. It's one of these things that it's <laughs> great to get out and enjoy the time. but you also realize the time commitment that's involved in really having that skill and, and kind of, you know, that's not there. So it's, it's, I love being out, being able to go out, but uh, my game is not what it used to be. No, my, it's funny. Cause the only time I really golfed my life was like, I'm Mike Tagliere used to live a couple blocks away from me and we would go golfing all the time. He tried to take it up as a career. He had to get golf pro and, yeah. I mean, he was, he has clubs made and all that stuff. He, I mean, he was getting really good at it too, but then when the time came down a busy season, he had to drop it and then he'd go back. He realized that if you take a whole eight months off and you go out in the summertime, you're going to try and pick it up in a slow time. You, you yep. lose everything. It's like, it's, it's like anything else in life. You know, you just can't, uh, you can't just drop it and pick it up and jump back on the horse. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's not riding a bicycle. It's, it's no. a different skill entirely. And I'm terrible right from the get go, and I'm never going to be any better than when I then I, I I do like three one like one club classics now for like charity events and stuff like that. It's about the only time I golf. I, I I'm a I'm a big fan of the the 19th hole. That's about my favorite place on the course. So sure, I get you. No, <laughs> I get you. No, but it's it is funny though because when in high school we always used to do like a three club tournament towards at the end of the year, just our team, and you end up shooting a better score. And like the coach, it was the type of thing where the coach is like, see, you realize. Like, like when you're not hitting your driver out of bounds, you score better. And we're like, yeah, sure. But it doesn't go as far. So I'm going to hit the driver anyways. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. What's your favorite Sunday afternoon food munching when you're glued to TV, watching Scott Hansen in the red zone? What do you, what, what is, I've heard of, I got a bunch of different answers on this. So I kind of want to see what you like to eat. Um, so I have a gluten allergy, so I can't eat gluten. So, um, but what I usually like to go with, I have these, they're called brazi bites and they're basically cheese balls that you can get them at like whole foods or like Costco places like that. And so I, I like a good cheese ball just, uh, you know, it's, uh, you bake them up and they're nice melt, melted cheese inside. And, and I'll, I'll go with wings too. Um, you know, being a bills fan, I feel like that that's part of me. I go with that, but it's, I, I like a good wing, but a good cheese ball too. I've been to the original wing place in Buffalo, New York, the first Anchor wing bar? place in America. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, uh, we I've been there too. Niagara Falls came driving down. We, we, we've been to like 43 states with my family because we we do a lot of tournaments and stuff. We drive all over the place, okay. make family vacations. So that was, uh, Buffalo was pretty cool. New York itself was pretty cool. So that's, uh, 
Yeah, I've I've been uh I used to like when I was in high school, like eighth grade, I, our church would go help a church camp in Buffalo. And so I've been there twice like that. Like I've been around the Bills Stadium. I've never been to a Bills game. It's, it's something that I need to do. So like when I was that age, I kicked around Buffalo a couple times, but other than that, I haven't been back. I'm a Dolphins fan. I'd love to go see Buffalo uh play Dolphins. I'm sure it would be a I don't know if it would be a good game nowadays, but uh, you know, at one point My- in time it would have my daughter is a Dolphin. My six and a half year old is a Dolphins fan, and it drives me nuts. And I, I always <laughs> give Troy King shit. I'm like, Troy, what have you done? He was like, I, uh, like, I not influenced your daughter at all. I was like, I know, <laughs> but she likes the the colors. I think it is, and she like it's one of those that um, certainly as dad, you know, you play into a little bit of like, how can you like the Dolphins? And that just like makes them like them more. But it, it's my daughter shows interest in football and so i'm thrilled with that and so i had to get yeah. her some dolphins pajamas for christmas so all that, right that hurt, that hurt a little bit but it was one of she wanted a jersey and i was like well first off there's no buckeyes on the dolphins to like get you a jersey of so it's not even like i could cheat with that fandom and then we settled on pajamas and i was like okay well th- those aren't gonna leave the house and so yeah you, you know <laughs> you, you can get some of those it's okay I'm super jealous of the Bills Mafia, though, that it's got to be one of the best fan bases in the country. It's it's awesome. It's, I, man. It I is. I wish I was great. there for the parties all the time. I know. I'd, I'd love to go to one sometime. It, it's absolutely great. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. We got to win, man. We, you guys are – it's like I wish that we had our start and your guys' current because then we'd be the best team in the NFL. But it's <laughs> it's been rough of late. Uh, you'll be fine. Hopefully, Josh Allen's toe is okay. We'll, yeah. We'll figure it out. Who's a, a Just real fast, who would you rather have long-term, Davis Mills or Kellen Mond? Um, so, hypothetically, skill-wise, I would say Mond because I think that he's got a little bit more athleticism to be able to bring you a rushing floor. But we see Davis Mills playing right now, and Davis Mills has had some decent games playing. And so uh, he's a guy that, you know, they went like almost the exact same spot in rookie drafts. And I ended up with yep. Davis Mills in a bunch of places, and especially early in the process. I was getting him in the fourth round, and so I've got him on several teams. And so given that he's playing right now, given that Houston currently doesn't have a long-term answer, assuming that Deshaun Watson's not going to come back and be their quarterback again. Um, so I'd go with Davis Mills. Yeah, that's, I have him everywhere, too. I just kind of uh, – every league I'm in, Kellerman's sitting there in the front of waiver wire, and I'm like, man, it's Dynasty. I should pick this guy up. But, you know, I don't know. That was my one kind of uh, throw-in football question in, in these in these questionnaires here. You're but good. Uh, some, question, some commissioner questions for you. I commission like eight home Dynasty leagues here, you know. So um, it's – one of them was like, um, you know, are you a redraft for Dynasty guy? We already answered that question. So, but um, do you play in any at home? Like, on mostly, uh, are you mostly online leagues or you got a bunch of home leagues too? We have a long running. It was it's one of these that we started in college, and so it start it was almost twenty years ago, and guys have dropped out, and so you have to fill in the cracks and whatnot. Yes. And we we used to pre pre-COVID times and everything else, we would get together to do, um, when it was redraft, we would get together and do 
just a live draft at B-dubs because they would like throw a party for you. And then they kind of stopped doing that. And so, you know, we'd go there and we'd just get the free stuff. There would be like eight out of the 12 of us would show up and, and get the food and we'd do an auction and nothing beats an auction. And that's the one thing that I feel like the Twitter space doesn't have enough of is a good redraft auction. Like you can't beat it, but just the, uh, you know, the, the adrenaline that's gets going, especially when you're in person with some people, um, that we transitioned to a dynasty last year. So this is year two of dynasty. So we had, did not get together for the rookie draft, but, um, but that might be something that we might need to do in the future just to get back together again. But it, it's largely the same group that, um, we did the, the regular redraft that we, it was, it's, it was stages as, as you grow in fantasy football, you learn more about it. And we started out with redrafts and then we progressed to doing keepers, keeping three guys. And then we mm-hmm. progressed to full blown dynasty. That keeper situation. I, I never liked that. Like it's just such an edge of some people who just got lucky in the, you know, yes. so I've just never, it's never been it, me, but with our last year we did. So, so going way back, cause we had, you could keep it for like three years. And I remember I had a team one year where it was like, I didn't have a quarterback and I wanted it. I was going to trade. I traded for Tom Brady and like I threw, it was a random wide receiver. And I threw in at the end of the bench. It was like week two. I had Kamara and I included him in the, like to get the deal done basically thinking like, okay, well this guy's a later draft pick. It's not like he's a first round pick and he's stuck behind Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. <laughs> so the, the dude got Alan Kamara for four years. And actually it was really random because two years ago was our last year. Actually last year was our last year that we, we ran the two leagues concurrent. We started the dynasty. We ran the other redraft one more year. And the guy that got him from that trade forever ago, I played him in the championship game when Kamara went off in that Christmas day game for six touchdowns. And I was like, this is, this is how this league would end of like (laughs) the guy that I threw in, in this trade four years ago, coming around and beating me in the championship for a a six touchdown game. And it was almost poetic justice on the ending of the, the league and transition to the dynasty league. Oh, that's so bad. I got, I, I was in like probably six leagues. I got Camarot in that week. So I feel your pain here. That's, that's terrible. I got a, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I, like around here, I have, I'm in leagues, like home leagues. I, I got the draft with Evan Silva and Rob Wozniak and Nick Scripps, my neighbor yeah. over here and Connor Allen, Scott Sidlow, Kyle August, Steven Johnson, Colin Taylor, like Amar from four, four P win. Like there's so many people in the Chicago wind area that I get awesome. to, you know, have these home leagues with, you know, people I found on Twitter and it's, it's, it's just super cool, man. Uh, I mean, you know, there's nothing better than home leagues. Yeah, we've got a um, Columbus chat because there's a bunch of people from Columbus on Twitter, too. And I feel like we need to push like this summer towards we need to just do a live draft somewhere, I think. Just well, yeah, leagues, our leagues are set up. If you win the if you win the, the, the toilet bowl, you pick the we have a draft lottery for all my home leagues. So you get to pick the draft lottery location. If you win the league. Um, the league itself, then you actually pit, pit the rookie draft location. So I have like two spots, two parties you go to every year. It's, it's pretty nice, man. It's just another added perk. It's, it's super cool. It's well, that's where, league's... so like we met at draft night out and like, that was nice because like, it was like the first time it was like the first live in per- for a lot of us. I feel like it was the first live in-person draft that we had done in a while. And so it was great to do that. I look forward to doing that again next year. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, literally, 
when I started at the home league here, there was probably six people that didn't never done a home league before. And they were like, so what do we do? We show up and we put stickers on a board. Like, how does it, how do you put, how much time do we get? What's going on? I'm like, don't worry. It'll take care of itself. You know, you'll be, you, if you know the people, if you've been playing for a while, this thing's going to go a lot faster than you want it to. And you'd be like, oh shit, it's my turn already. I don't have anybody, I don't have anybody picked out unless, yeah, you, unless you have the time to do an auction, which, which would be great too. Yeah. But I, I had a friend that uh, like a friend that he invited me to join his like home league basically. And they did an auction. And so I could show up there year one and like, everybody's, Oh, who's this guy. And like, I had like, of, of course, like memorized the, the scoring and, and everything. And so like the, the guys that I were buying, like nobody else was buying the guys that I was buying year one. And I, I mean, I crushed and I cruised yeah. the title and I go back to the next year and it's an auction, of course. And I couldn't buy anybody because it was like anybody I bid on is just dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those that, <laughs> you know, I, I think probably a lot of us in the community can relate to similar situations of you getting, especially the home leagues, you get invited in and, and year one, year one's great. <laughs> then like year two, it's all just, we just got to stop this guy that we don't know from winning it again. <laughs> yeah. Anytime he opens his mouth, we're all going to bid it full. Yep. The inmate, you know? Yes, yep. exactly. What's your favorite host site for fantasy football? I had the luxury of setting lineups and, and, you know, I love Sleeper, but I got, I'm an MFL, ESPN, Yahoo, Free Flicker, CBS. Like every, I got to go through 18 different apps every time I set my lineups every week. I wish they were all on one thing, but if you were able to put them all on one, where, what, which host site would it be? So the interface that I like the most is Sleeper. I do like Sleeper. Um, I, I just think it's, seems more intuitive, more friendly than some of the other ones. And and like, I've got, like I played another one that you need to hit submit on. And there was one, one week where like, I'm just used to sleeper and I'm used to moving the guy in and he's there. And like, I had made all my changes and then I missed the submit button because I'm not used to hitting the submit button. And then like I yeah. go and game start my lineups all jacked up. Um, and then a random one that I really enjoy. I played this year that getting other people to migrate on is probably impossible. But have you ever heard of Dynasty Owner? I've heard it on some podcasts. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I've heard it on okay. somebody somebody's advertising it, yes. So it's like a um, – I did a charity league on there, but it was like a redraft league, but it's salary cap based. And so, like, you've got the players, like, at their real salaries, and so you can go up to the salary. And so, like, it's, it's – it just is a completely different dynamic when you're drafting because – like lower value guys will get go higher. And like my team is stupid in that league because I got like, like I had, uh, I ended up with like Mahomes like later than he normally would go because of his salary, because everybody had bought the, the, young, the cheap quarterbacks. And then I ended up with Cooper cup, like wait, like seventh round or something like that, because he was like, nice. his salary is like 15, 20 million and like nobody could afford him. And so I, I'm, my team's really good there, but that that's a lot of fun because it was my first time in that type of experience where you're adding the extra dynamic into it. And I feel like redraft, it's like one of these that I, I don't know. I look at redraft as a pretty solved game where if you stay healthy and you hit on some of the early guys, you hit one late guy, you're probably going to be pretty good on your redraft team. But like, 
the levels of strategy, like it, you can get completely screwed in redraft too. And there's nothing that you can do if you're, you know, I've got one team that I had Christian McCaffrey on it. I had uh, Darren Waller and the, the, he disappointed and got hurt. Christian McCaffrey obviously missed so much time. And so it's just, it's like, there's no recovery from that team. And yeah. so you're just like, well, I'll do my best and, and maybe I'll knock off some random people. But I know that this team is not going to be winning a title and you're not building for anything when you're not. No, you're not going to win a title. I, it's it's that, I don't like redraft at all anymore. That's all I played for a long time was redraft. But I mean, we started out with, you know, you got to drop a piece of paper off your commissioner's house Sunday morning. There was no Thursday night game. So it was Sunday morning at noon. There was the games and it was Sunday night football and then Monday football. But yeah. you turned your piece of paper in at eleven fifty nine, or had to call the phone and you know wait for the business signal or do whatever. And then if you guys didn't play at three o'clock or you know seven o'clock at Monday, you got a zero. You know it was it yeah. was just what it was. You know it was kind of it's it's I don't like. But I, one of the redraft leagues I was in, I had a guy draft uh, one of our neighbors. It was kind of a get together fun league. You know in my neighborhood. I, I started up. He drafted like Emmett Smith the year after he retired. Like his team was absolutely terrible. But what happened was it was the same year that Sean Alexander just busted out and Kurt Warner was like, you know, the greatest show on turf. So every week he had the number one option to waiver wire because he lost. He built this like by week five, <laughs> he started smoking everyone. It's complete luck. You know, it's like, oh, you yep. know, come on. He had the first waiver priority. That's why Fab is so cool, too, because that waiver priority is just garbage sometimes. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it, it took like yeah because people don't play like especially like your home leagues or whatever they don't play like in like fab league and like and so like there were a lot of those things where like i picked up on them from twitter or picked up on them from other experiences and like brought them in it was like guys we're gonna do this now like yeah because like, i'm like i'm the commission it's one of those where it's like well i'll put this up to vote and we can talk about it but i, I know that your guys are gonna be like oh, i don't want to do it i don't want to change and it's like i'm telling you this is a much better way to do it and it's like then we do it and then be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's how uh, going I mean, to going from regular to PPR was a, was a pain in the butt going yes. from one quarterback to super flex was a pain in the butt, you know, exactly. Now everybody loves it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, there was, I do remember one year that like I did a work league and it was one of the, it was like free and like, it was, I was younger. I was like joking around with everybody and I drafted guys that were like already, like I, I, it was almost a I almost did like a vampire basically or like a zombie like without yeah. doing it and where like I just drafted like retired dudes through the whole thing and, and so like I was kind of cocky about it and I ended up like yeah like plucking off the waiver wire and my team was loaded and I made the playoffs <laughs> nice there is some skill involved I mean it, the people make it out to be like oh it's all there luck is. but there is some skill involved sometimes there is you, like certainly yeah there's definitely skill involved do you like all your leagues to kind of be like, you know, like you said, you're a commissioner of a league. Do you like all your leagues to kind of be pretty much the same so you know what's going on? Or do you like to have like, I don't know, how many leagues are you in, first of all? And then second of all, do you like like non-PPR in one league and then super crazy scoring in a different league? And then, you know, like uh, 40-man rosters in this one and only like 16-man rosters in that league? Like, what do you like to do? What's your like, variety or are you kind of a vanilla ice cream guy? Um, I see the value in having variety. So I'm in, I'm in 15 dynasty leagues. And then I think I'm probably in another 10 or so redraft leagues. Um, a lot of, a couple of charity leagues. Um, I implore you, if you do a charity league, do a best ball, because I think yes. everybody, everybody in the industry would agree that to do it best ball. Um, cause we all love 
fishbowl, obviously. And, you know, we set those lineups and um, I like warrior bowl. I did that last year for the first time, like back when I, I had no followers last summer and I was just getting involved and they invited me and I was so, so thankful to be included. And so I love that. That's, but like some of the other ones, I'm like, next year I might be a little bit more picky unless it's best ball. I feel like yeah. because it's just, I, I love drafting, but then once you get into September and you're just like, man, I'm not playing for anything here. And like, I'll be respectful and I'll make my moves. But at the same time, like I just don't care that much yeah. because I'm just kind of playing for bragging rights. Um, but anyways, I, I do like a variety. Uh, um, but at the same time, it's, it's one of these that I'm more interested in variety, maybe in, a charity redraft situation like trying out the dynasty owner like stepping into that as a dynasty league seems way more daunting than just like let's just try it as a redraft league Um, but but when it comes to dynasty i do kind of want the same thing because i'm in 15 of them and so like there it's like thinking long term planning long term like I don't know that I really want to play with the little weird stuff. Um, and then we have our, my group of friends, we have our chaos league is what we call it. And um, we, everybody made a rule. And so that one is just random as hell, but that one is dynasty. But that's one of those where it's like, this is a special league to me. And like, I'm, I'm willing to like take that extra step with this one compared to like some of the other ones. I, I I'm in safe leagues and I love the, doing that i got involved in that during pandemic i have six of those that's where i'd be like i want just kind of want these to be the same thing yeah i'm I, my commission a lot of my stuff i have a i have a you know a, a 500 page list of all the rules i have that my commissioner stuff you know everybody goes nuts i'm like it's pinned it's pinned the message board look at the rules it's 17 4 7 i like my stuff to be cookie cutter so i know exactly what to tell people i got it memorized mm-hmm. now i can I, especially in a new league where nobody knows the rules and nobody wants to read the rules ever you know i need to tell everybody exactly what's going on or how to do it or you know it's it's it is nice having a lot of cookie cutter leagues but i'm in the european fans football contest it's kind of like a scott fishbowl thing it's uh you know that's uh it's a redraft one too for charity but it's a, uh, you know, it, it all depends on, it's fun to be in a ton of different leagues, but at the same time, if you really want to go full hearted into it, it's, it's gotta be a lot of cookie cutter if you're in that many leagues. So. Yeah. And I think where it, it gets tough is just the different platforms. And like, I understand like, like people want to grow a platform and get it, but it's like, I forget sometimes like, yes. like some of these, like I joined a charity league and like you reach out to me in June and like, I might like sure that absolutely let's draft in june and then like it rolls around and like oh that's right i'm on this random um this other website like i I forgot about that one for like three weeks and like now i'm like screwed yeah i'm in a jam katulis memorial league and that one's got you know in week two you have to have it's extra points for all your receivers in week four it's a tight end super premium and it's no quarterbacks can play this week and it's like oh shit i i I forgot to set my lineup wrong or you know yeah so yeah i get it what do you do to prepare yourself every season to make your make yourself a better and more informed fantasy football player? I, I, I mean, people may call this like a simple version of stuff, but I, I like having like eight or nine of my favorite rankers, you know, analysts, rankers, and I take all of their hard work, all their blood, sweat, and tears, and what their rankings are, and I rank like each individual play their their top three hundred every month top 400 you know and then i'll add i'll i'll redo all of their rankings every month and then i'll add up all together see and then i'll trend like who moved compared to the last month and two months ago and three months ago it's a it's an awful lot of work i do that with all the 
the top 300, 400, and I do the individual running backs and the individual quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, you know, so it's, it's hours and hours of work, but I think I have, it gives me a really good feel for the, 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 the I guess the, uh, you know, the fluidity of the, of the dynasty community. So what do you do? That's all I do. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to try and, you know, project people's, you know, how many touches they're going to get or where they're going to be. It's just, that's too much for me. I, this is my lane. What's your lane? What do you like to do? A lot of drafts, a lot of, so like underdog best ball drafts, like I'm drafting like startup drafts, like Jerry, I'm drafting constantly. And when I'm not drafting in something, um, the, the way I like to build my ranks, um, I don't do projections. Um, I'm, I don't know, maybe that's something I, I might consider, but I like to put my, basically put the gun to my head and like, I'll go through and I'll do, and sleeper is great for this because you can set up a mock draft yeah. and I'll just set up like a running back mock draft. And I will just drop draft with myself and saying like, who am I taking? Who's on the board? Like, okay, well, like who's on the board and like, and sometimes, sometimes I'll slow play it. And sometimes I'll set like the 30 second timer on like who in, in my mind, where do I've got these guys? And so like, then I, I'll go back and I'll look at it as like, and how did my results bear out? Is this what I'm doing in practice? Is this, do I agree with like kind of what I set up here? And so that's where I just think that it's um, drafting is a, fantasy football is an art it's not a science and especially when you're building a team it's because if you try to make it too much of a science i think that you there's a lot that goes into reading the room and reading the draft and reading the players that you're playing with and reading the tendencies on where they're going who is going to be available later knowing who you're playing against and so um, studying tendencies is something that I put a high value on knowing who I'm going against. Uh, those are those type of game theory type things is really where I, I think that a lot of the value in fantasy is knowing that, okay, well I'm drafting with so-and-so and I know that I see their tweets and they're all over Jalen hurts and uh, I'm picking before them and if I take him, then like I can might be able to extract some value. But at the same time, that's a guy that I like as well. I know that that's my last opportunity to get him. And that's I put value on those type of things. So it's really just those. Um, there's just I think there's so much value in knowing who you're playing against, knowing how to read the room, knowing how can I go zero RB in this draft? Will that work out for me? Or do I have somebody else in this draft that's going to do the same thing and is going to be targeting for the same guys later? Or do I need to grab this running back now? Just this, those different tendencies and nuances, but also at the same time, building up those ranks and putting the gun to my head. Where am I going to go? The biggest problem I had with that before was I've done, I've done hundreds of thousands of mock drafts throughout the year. When ESPN came out that site and they had mock drafts on there, I was like, oh, this is great. I did thousands. The problem I had was eight. There was a couple problems. First was I would keep rabbit holing the same players almost. And I, I would try to pick from the one spot and then I try to pick from the 12 spot and I try to pick from the six spot. And then every, I try to pick somewhere else all the time different. The biggest problems is I, I used to like rabbit hole guys every round. Like I'm going to get this guy and I keep, so you kind of like put yourself in a situation where you're not, I felt like I was hurting myself more than helping myself because I was just kind of doing the same drafts over and over again. But then sometimes 
you join these drafts and people would come drop the draft the first one or two rounds and then it would just be computer. And then you knew exactly who the computer was going to take. You're like, Oh, it's, this is garbage. I know that the next three rounds are going to be nothing, but you know, I can see the people are going to take, it's not fair. It's so mock drafts kind of, they lost their luster for me. You know, if you know, if, if you can feel what I'm saying, you know, as far as but that goes, that's where sleeper is nice because you don't have to draft with other people. You can draft by yourself and you can set up, position specific drafts and you can um that that's where yeah i I don't see any value in mock drafting with other people and i hate i i think it's a tedious worthless time i completely agree with you there because one like i i did a couple of them like because this was my first real year in scott fishbowl i was in the satellite last year and so i this was my first year in it and so like i joined a couple of the mock drafts and it was like you draft with people and it's like, I know you, I know that's not what you would do. And so it's like, why are we doing these things that you're just testing out different strategies? I understand that, but like, there's not value in where these guys will actually going to go. And yes, I think that's bad signal data that you're putting it into your head that I can get this guy here. Whereas when you, I guess, I guess the way that I do it by myself and like, especially some of the times like I'll factor in, like I, I know that, or like I do, I'll do the underdog draft and there, even when you've got $3 in there, $5, yeah. in there, you put $3 in there. Like it's not, it's nothing, but at the same time, like people treat it differently. And so sure. when you're doing a lot of those, you're getting, you're building the tendencies and you're kind of knowing you have a pretty good idea despite this is what ADP says, but in practice, the people that I'm going to be drafting against, I know that this guy's going to go a full round earlier than what ADP data might suggest. Yeah. Perfect, man. All right. Um, let's get to some uh, news, rumors, injuries, stuff like that. This is this COVID is really kind of taking over the league right now with all this stuff. I mean, there's some regular injuries like Josh Allen's toe. I'm going to go through the teams real fast, kind of talk about injuries, and then you can stop me if you want to to chime in or just kind of say if I missed something. But the Bills, Josh Allen, uh, Emmanuel Sanders has some situation going on. Uh, the Browns, Kareem Hunt, uh, the Chargers, uh, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, some situations, Tony Pollard. I'm not sure what, what his story is as far as coming back. Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, I, I'm not sure they're coming back. Any Dolphins running back you can grab this. Yeah, Lindsey's gone too. This week. Yeah, anybody you could start this week, I guess. I guess is, is well, your you're the Dolphins fan. Is it going to be Duke Johnson? Is it going to be Patrick Laird? Jared Doak's oh, getting kind of call up? I, um, I'm thinking that uh, are they, is it is it are they taking um, Matt Breida again? Are they are they moving him? Are they? Well, he's well, in Buffalo. Not, not Breida. He's at Buffalo now. Who's the? Uh, who uh, I don't know why the name's in my head right now. Who's that? They they signed an older guy. They had him for a couple weeks. He got Lindsay. hurt early in the season. No, not Lindsey. Um, no. um, oh, Malcolm Brown is he right? Re- is he Malcolm back? Brown? Yeah, that's I don't know why I couldn't think of Malcolm Brown, but Malcolm Brown was somebody they were talking about bringing up uh, for okay. you know, just to kind of fill in. So hopefully Malcolm Brown will be the the situation. I like Malcolm Brown anyway, but uh, I don't really. I, you know, whoever is the guy is probably going to get most of the touches anyway because they're just it, it'll, they'll probably use their passing attack. You know, they're yeah. uh, they're not they're not going to employ the run game as much as uh you know they they probably can't you know anyway as far as that goes. But um, we'll see. I, it might be it might be the Malcolm Brown show after all. So I was going to say I think Malcolm Brown is one of those guys that the coaches like a lot more than us fantasy players like because I think that he's 
he's experienced, he's smart, he, he knows, you know, blitz pickups, things like that. He's going to be where he's supposed to be. He's not going to break anything off. And, and yeah. you know, he might dive into the end zone on a, a short carry, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to be out there dropping 125 yards for us in fantasy. I drafted him in the last round of the fishbowl. A couple other places figured that he was my, my long shot sleeper for the season to be somebody that, you know, was going to, was really going to kill it. And it just didn't work out. So I mean, yeah. bigger fish I could have gone after, I guess, but uh, you know, that was my sleeper, but uh, so Eagles, Emmanuel Sanders, Jalen hurts. I think Matt Sanders coming back. We'll see what happens with hurts. They're supposed to both be playing this week, but you never, you never really know. 49ers, yeah. Elijah Mitchell, the giants, Kadarius, Tony, um, Jets, hopefully Michael Carter's coming back this week. Tevin Coleman, and it's, I, this sucks. Elijah Moore is about, about to come back, but at the very end of uh fantasy season. So that kind of sucks, but, uh, Swift yeah. might play this week. Go ahead. Will you say something? Well, Braxton Berrios hanging around there for the jets. It seems like, I don't know. It's, oh my yeah. God. I, I, I picked him up and started him last week in a Yahoo fantasy football league in that, in that Elvin, Elvin Silva league, you know, that, uh, um, and, I, pl- I played him last week. I got super lucky. I'm like, I would have never played this guy in my life. And I just, that's how I was it. like two weeks ago. Cause you, you play, well, especially like these deeper dynasty leagues, like you're, you're going to be desperate some weeks. And like I had, it was two weeks ago. I played Tavon Austin. I was just desperate as heck. And he scored a touchdown. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. It's like, give me my 12 points. All right. Thank you. <laughs> moving on. Done, 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 done. The Lions, Swift, Hawkinson. What happened to Hawkinson? It says his hand, but is there any reports what happened? Is he a broken hand or a thumb or injury? Or, like, do you hear anything about that? Do you know anything about that? I did not. That was one I missed. I, it was one of those that I just missed it completely. And then um, I was going through my lineups on Saturday. I was like, what? Why, why is Hawkinson doubtful? And obviously he missed. But that was one of those that early in the week I missed that he had even gotten hurt. And so... Um, I don't know what the situation is. Yeah, him and Zach Moss with his uh, healthy scratch situation kind of screwed me in some lineups last week of the late scratch stuff, but um, yeah, it, it is what it is. But hopefully Swift comes back, but I'm not sure the Lions are going to press her luck on their future, you know, try to rush Swift no. back to get their second win of the season. So uh, Jamal Williams might be out too, but Aaron Rodgers with his toe, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, it's uh, he looks he's thrown for like 5,000 yards and 5,000 touchdowns in the last couple of weeks, so his toe doesn't seem to be a problem, but you know, that's, that's him. He's, yeah. I, I don't think he's ever going to stop until the end of the season. Uh, DJ Moore in a hamstring situation. Uh, hopefully that he's like one of my favorite guys in the league to have to roster. So hopefully that is just a temporary situation. Uh, Amir Abdul is out a little bit. Damian Harris. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fully, if he's out, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in on Ramadre Stevenson. So I think many people are, I don't blame you for being there. Yeah, that's so. He was somebody I drafted late, and I had on most of my teams because nobody knew who he was. But I like the big, fast, you know, yep. the big, fast guys who, uh, you know, who can. Yeah, catch. I was, I was higher on him than a lot of people too because you know there were a lot of people last year that were on Gainwell, and he's looked fine. But it's like you, you kind of look at these guys, and it's like, well, you know that he's not going to get more than 10 ga- 10 touches in a game and if half of those are rushes you just certainly there's value in the passing game but Ramondi is a guy that you can give him the ball 25 times you know Ramondre Stevenson's a guy like uh, you know he could block good he can catch on the backfield good he's a goal line back he get through he's fast he can kind of run it out he's not super fast but he's fast enough to cut it to the outside he's somebody that the Patriots have always had those guys who always have specialty guys they've always had yeah. a pass catcher they've always had a goal line back they've always Stevenson just seems like the, the like the, somebody like they've never really had before that can do everything. He's not great at everything, 
he's not he's not a specialist at any one thing, but he could do everything pretty damn well. So that's he's a, you know a well-rounded player. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Darren Waller. Um, he's been a week week thing, and now it's three week thing. So yeah. hopefully uh, he'll be back soon. Uh, the Rams might lose their – they might have to forfeit a week here. Like, the whole team's got COVID all of a sudden. I don't I don't know what they're going to do, but they shut down the facility and stuff today. So, um, Lamar Jackson's ankle, hopefully that's not bad. He's a big fantasy. I don't have him anywhere, but he's a big fantasy asset for a lot of people. I'm not he playing anybody. So, so, this oh, yeah. past week, he got me good because it was uh, – this was doubly frustrating. So, I was going for a bye, and I, I was a game up on the person, and I had beat him head-to-head, and so that's a different conversation for a different day, whether or not. But um, I had Lamar, and so I lost my matchup. That would have given me the buy by like 15 points. And then I lost to the other guy on season total points by like 20 points in this game that I had. I had Lamar Jackson going and I had James Robinson going. And so that was just like you. This is a double punch here (laughs) because it lost me the head to head that would have locked it up. And then it Uh, lost me the total points on the season, too. That sucks. I yeah, I got screwed out of a bunch of. Our, most of my leagues are set up where it's four percent. If you win your division, you get four percent. So there's four divisions with three teams per division. So all four division winners get a four percent of the pot for winning your division. The last two wild cards are both the best points, the highest point scores. Didn't make the playoff or didn't win a division. And then uh, whoever gets the first round by gets an additional four percent. So you pretty much get your money back for uh, in a twelve team league, almost just about for for winning your division and getting the first round by. Right. So it's a nice incentive. Yeah. Um, uh, Tyler Heineke, he took some, he took a beating last week. I don't know what his knees hurting right now. Terry McLaurin, that was, he landed pretty funny. That was kind of a hard hit. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, he should be back this week from what I understand. JD McKiss is coming back after Gibson's terrible game. Um, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Gibson if they're going to give him their chance or hopefully he, you know, holds on to the ball this week and, you know, I don't want McKissick to come in and steal all the passing down again. I was finally finally starting to feel good about uh, Gibson, but now this is a, a stick in the spokes of production for my team. And um, yeah, anything else you can think of or injury wise or? No, I think you hit it pretty good. Um, I think we're all kind of waiting and watching see what happens with AJ Brown and whether he's not back for the fantasy playoffs, really. And then the hint that was dropped this past week that might have flown on the radar that uh, Derrick Henry is expected to be back, and so he might be flying in here for it's it's Derrick Henry. I just see him flying in here for week sixteen and swinging anybody that might still be alive. They need him. I mean, they're going to lose their playoff spot if they don't start, you know, picking up the slack a little bit, but. All these um, teams, except for the Patriots and now the Chiefs, it's like feels like everybody's just falling apart. Yeah. All right, waiver ads real fast for Week 13. We'll do the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, if these are pretty much in dynasty leagues, these guys are all taken. But if, you know, there's a lot of redraft people out here. Uh, Taysom Hill, you know, just he did real good last week. He's just, just he's got a tough tough matchup versus uh, Tampa Bay this week. So, uh, temper your expectations a little bit. But my guy Tua, I have him. I have him in a lot of leagues, but he seems to be. I didn't know what to think for a while. He kept getting hurt all the time, and you know, he, but it looks like a, he looks like he's picking up the slack. So, I'm I'm kind of happy to have him now. A guy I traded away, Justin Fields. I I, I mean, he looks good for fantasy, but he doesn't look good as a football player. So, I, I people, I know he's your guy. He's he's an Ohio State guy, but uh, I I didn't I didn't think he was going to pan out in the pros. Uh, I didn't like him really at Ohio State. Uh, you know, it's just somebody I I don't like that style of football that 
running around like 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 backyard football, kind of like Lamar Jackson, the Justin Fields, even to an extent like Josh Allen. Sometimes it's frustrating to watch these guys like just throw the. I, I mean, I, if if the NFL was back in the days of Tom Brady, like kind of like the the Mac Jones and uh, I mean, Tom Brady, Dan Marino and Tom Brady and Mac Jones stuff now. That's just my version of football, and I don't—I just don't like the backyard kind of football thing that's going on now. Jimmy Garoppolo's another waiver wire thing here. But Justin Fields is not that type of quarterback. So Justin Fields can—can't—he has that skill. Justin Fields is an excellent passer. The Bears have like the worst offensive line in football. They are not giving that kid a chance at all, and so that's where he needs to run out and make plays. And then whatever is going on with Allen Robinson, either Allen Robinson is washed or he's dogging it because he doesn't want to be in Chicago. He wanted to get out last year, and then they tagged him, but it, he he has not been Allen Robinson all year. And so when you've got your primary receiver he's really not even the primary receiver anymore because darnell mooney has stepped up you've got your primary receiver that's dogging it your offensive line is not giving you a moment of time and your coach is two feet out the door and nobody's going to succeed in that situation but i do think that fields is a player that i think it's not fair to like the lamar comparison like they're just different players completely um and just from what I've seen that Justin Fields is the type that if you get you protect him, he's able to pick you apart with his arm. He is like, he's like an alligator. He's like solid muscle, you know, and he's fast. Yes. He, I mean, he, Lamar yes. is just, Lamar is quick and fast. And I, I, Justin Fields is, is fast, but he's not quick. He's not, he's, he's too muscular to be shifty like Lamar Jackson, but he just, he, I mean, he's only a rookie. And, and every one of these rookies besides – well, I can't even say Mac Jones looks good because, I mean, he threw the ball three times last game. You know, whatever. Well, so, it's like fantasy's lo- fantasy Twitter is losing their mind about Mac Jones and he throws for 125 yards and he gets you like eight points. It's like, right. what do we do? I understand <laughs> that you're excited that your your rookie pick hit, but, like, it's, it's one of these that um, I just don't understand – I don't know the value that he's going, you know, if you got him at the one twelve in a super flex, sure. You could be happy with that, that you've got a starting quarterback, but it's, you've got a quarterback two at best. He's not going to be, he's not going to be, I, I just feel like there's this segment out there that of the Mac Jones believers that feel like he's going to turn into Tom Brady when he's got Randy Moss in his prime throwing 50 touchdown passes. And no, maybe I'll be wrong, but I do not think Mac Mac Jones would be lucky to have Kirk Cousins upside. Mac Jones is Alex Smith ten years ago. You know, without running, yeah, Alex Smith without could run. Well, he never, yeah, but he would be good for two hundred and twenty yards, two touchdowns, yeah. and no interceptions. That's the thing. Yeah, guys who come in there and don't throw any picks, he's a perfect QB two because he's always he's going to get you a steady eighteen to twenty five points almost on a regular basis. And that's that's I mean for a QB two that you can depend on that every game. I mean that's 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 super flex or a two quarterback league, that's perfect. You know, uh I like to get two good quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I traded from a Holmes and Josh Allen on almost every league and they, they kinda you know it's like sometimes you think shit I should have just waited. It's like these, yeah. you know I waited and I did the opposite. We waited on Tannehill in a bunch of leagues too and look and that didn't get me shit either. So I, I have one dynasty league that I've made the playoffs now. And like, I made a big trade in the middle of the season to get Dak Prescott and I, and I already had Mahomes. but then like, and now I've got Taysom Hill. I had Taysom Hill. And it was like, I was struggling along with my second quarterback spot, like filling it with like random people, whoever I could find. And so I got Dak and then it's like, now I hit the playoffs and like, man, it's like looking at it. I was like, I almost want to play Taysom Hill over Dak. Yeah. Prescott. Right. I, I don't blame you. 
uh, you're going to get your fantasy points. I, you know, I, that again, I, I can't stand Taysom Hill. That, that style of offense just makes me sick. But yeah, you know, I, I get it. It's for fantasy people. I, it's not a long-term solution unless you're on the, you know, on the Saints, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Uh, moving on, <laughs> Ramadre. Here's the running backs: Ramadre Stevenson, Deontay Foreman, uh, Rashard Penny is a. Uh, People have been holding on to Rashad Penny for three or four years now, hoping that he'd finally pan out. And then they didn't start him this week when he finally panned out. But it seems like he was going to get another shot this week is what the coach is trying to say. My my least favorite person in the entire NFL is, is saying that Rashad Penny is going to be the lead back now. So uh, Justin Jackson may be an option um, if something's going on with the uh, starter there. Uh, Craig Reynolds from the Lions, who would have thought, you know, uh, Royce Freeman. I didn't see that one coming. I I didn't see anything about Craig Reynolds all week long. Adam Schefter was the only person. Everybody kept. I heard like I worked today. I listened to like fifteen podcasts, and Adam Schefter was the only person that said like, "Hey, you should start this Craig Reynolds guy. He might be something." And sure enough, like he took a shot at us, you know, with a bow and arrow from a thousand yards away, and hit hit right in the right in the right in the head on that one. So yep. good for him. I, Royce Freeman from the Texans. I've loved Royce Freeman. I've I've wanted him to, you know, he's that that little toy that everybody wants to kind of become something or the flower that you want to become into, into a humongous, awesome tree. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to be panning out, but he might get his chance this week if nobody's going in Houston. Jordan, Coward, Jordan Howard and Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles are coming back, but so is Miles Sanders. So, you know, who knows what's happening in that backfield. Dearness Johnson for the Browns, now that Hunt's out, might be a decent pickup for a passing yardage. And then whoever's playing, we talked about before, whoever's playing for the Dolphins versus the Jets this week would probably be a great pickup. Any other running backs you can think of? That's a pretty exhaustive list. Um, I, I think you get. I think you hit just about everybody. Yeah, right receivers: Russell Gage, Devontae Parker is coming back this week. Amon Ray St. Brown had a good game. You know, it's nice to see these rookies when you grab them panning out sooner than later. Uh, that's um, I like Amon Ray Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Josh Reynolds, I started him a couple leagues last week and uh, end up being pretty nice. Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots. Gabriel Davis is somebody that, you know, he was a dowling at the end of last year and um, didn't really, now that Emmanuel Sanders is out of the picture, Gabriel Davis is a, uh, might be a nice option. Robbie Anderson, uh, Rashard Bateman, again, hopefully he got a lot of snaps this last week. He ran like 85% of the, 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 rut, the routes. So hopefully Bateman is something. Any other receivers you think of? If you're in a deep dynasty league, um, I, this sounds ridiculous, but mm-hmm. the guy that has gotten some work recently and has put up some decent numbers, if you're in a very deep league, was Laquan Treadwell from the Jaguars. Yeah. He's hit, he's hit like that 10 to 12 range for the last couple of weeks. And so he's running at like 90% of the Jag snaps and they just don't have anybody there. And so they finally got Marvin Jones the ball this past week, but even then, um, Treadwell still was able to get like four for 63. So that's a guy that if you are in a deep league and you just need somebody, a body to plug in that that's a guy to consider. Nice. Uh, tight ends, Austin Hooper, Tyler Conklin, maybe he's got COVID. He popped up today. Son of a biscuit. That's great. Yeah, I think Hooper popped up today with COVID, I believe. Um, I think it's uncertain if Njoku is going to be back from the COVID list, but I do think that Harrison Bryant was back to practice. I I thought I saw today. And whoever, 
the Browns use their tight ends. It's the, this position is like the most frustrating. I feel like because all these guys, if they were just the guy, like they would be tight end one, but mm-hmm. they have all three of them. And so all three of them get just a little bit. So they're all three make them unusable. But just if you're out there, if you're ever in a situation where um, two of these Browns tight ends are out, then play the third one. Especially next year, because I think that uh, Hooper and um, and Joku are both gone as far as contracts are concerned. So, I mean, that's uh, I'd uh, I'd be holding on to Harrison Bryant if I had a chance or picking him up now late in the season. If you're yeah, dynasty, if you're in a so. if you're in a dynasty that still allows trades, that that's a good one to look at. That you know somebody might be not even think about him, especially that that's the type of guy that you can sneak through as a trade as a throw in on a yeah. deal too. I think you know because he's kind of we're out of that rookie excitement and we're we're really at the end of year two and he hasn't done anything. And we know that tight ends can take a minute, but that's a guy that yeah do a bigger trade and throw Harrison Bryant in there as the throw in, and you might luck into a starter next year all right i got real fast that you might answer like one or two questions and then we'll evaluate the team yeah absolutely all right all right we got froggy here um my wide receivers are Pittman, higgins waddle evans and lockett pick two or three i don't know i have so many choices for that flex man what do i do round one to playoff seed for versus the fifth seed uh pitman has got a tough matchup um T. Higgins. He's really Waddle. falling out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Evans is, I, I like, I, people hate when I say this, but Evans is such a boomer bust player sometimes. He, you know, he gets 34 yards one week and he's got three touchdowns and 150 yards the next week. Uh, Tyrell Lockett's a must go. I mean, it's, he's a, uh, with Russell just seems, uh, him and Lockett are just special together. Uh, if I got to pick two of them, I'm probably picking Waddle and Lockett here. I'm, how about yourself? Yeah. If I were picking two, I'd go, Waddle Lockett, it's really close with T. Higgins being in there too. T. Higgins had monster weeks back to back, and then he was a little bit quieter this week. But um, Evans, it worries me going up against Lattimore. I think I'd rank him pretty low out of this list. And then Pittman has really just not gotten much of anything lately too. And so Evans and Pittman would be my guys that I would sit in a pick three situation. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Thanks for the question there, Froggy. Uh, and then, um, all right, so every week we evaluate a, uh, a team. We're going to try and get this. I'm going to skip the trades and stuff. We, I, I'm, you're, I took up most of your time already. Yeah, every man. week we evaluate a team that just uh, sent in by listeners, and we decide if it's a simple remodel or a full-scale rebuild. Um, what's the biggest team needs here? Who's your keep trade cut, guys? And who would you trade for to improve this team? And what would you do to, um, to make it better? So let me pull this up real fast. We'll just spend a couple minutes. Getting this going. All right. So here is the team. It is a full, it's a dynasty super flex tight end. It's, it's actually point, point 0.5 uh, tight end premium. Uh, roster of 12 teams, 25 man deep, plus uh, 10 IR spots, uh, no, ta- no taxi squad. Uh, players are put directly on the rosters after the rookie draft. There's 10 starters, a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flex. Uh, and a super flex, no defense kickers. You get like bonuses for it's five touchdown and two, two interception, 300, 400 yard uh, bonuses, six points for a hundred yards rushing and receiving that kind of stuff. So the quarterback, you could see this, right? Yep. Okay. The quarterback situation, he's got Mahomes, Tua, Zach Wilson, Justin, uh, James Winston and Davis Mills. 
the running back situation, Michael Carter, Miles Sanders, Ramadre Stevenson, Zach Moss, DJ Dallas, Larry Roundtree, Chris Evans, Eno Benjamin, Justin Jackson, Scotty Phillips, Travis Homer. Um, nobody special there. Uh, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Elijah Moore, Juju, Donovan Peoples-Jones, MVS, Rayer, Deami Brown, Amari Rogers, Amir Smith-Merset, Tylen Wallace, uh, Ashton Doolin. That's spelled wrong. That's my fault. Hunter Henry, okay. Adam Troutman, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, Tommy Tremble, OJ Howard, Foster Moreau, Max Williams. Um, so looking at this team, I'm going to try to make a little bit. So what do you think, uh, starting with the quarterback position in a super flex, you need at least two quarterbacks that are starting. Hopefully Zach Wilson picks up the pace a little bit. I like Zach. What do you think about Zach Wilson? I'm not a fan. Um, honestly, I, I just never, uh, I, I don't really buy. I think he's, he's played better lately than what he was looking a couple weeks ago. Um, I am worried with Elijah Moore being out for him because it seemed like they had a special connection there. But um, I, I mean, I'm fine in this team of him being your quarterback three, hoping that he's going to get you more because I, I think that the general consensus is pretty down on him. So I don't think the value is going to be there in a trade, really, unless somebody is desperate at quarterback. But that puts you behind the eight ball at quarterback. Um, I, I'm fine with this quarterback situation, though. All right. Running backs here, uh, Michael Carter, young stud, Michael Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, I, I love the guy. He just never pans out. I, I just, I think it's kind of, I'm just, I hope it's not fool's gold that I'm holding on to him this long. I, I, I had an opportunity to trade him for a first round pick earlier in the year, and I passed it up, figuring that he's gonna be the man. And now I'm back down to like I can't even get a third round pick for him now. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson, we talked about him earlier. Zach Moss is somebody that. I just, again, he's somebody that I, he can catch a good pass, but he's just a little bit slower than everybody else. And everybody makes him out. He's not carrying a piano on his back. You know the guy? I mean, he moves a little yeah. bit, but everybody says how slow he is all the time. I, I still like him. I hope for next year that he'll, uh, you know, he'll go somewhere and actually be a productive member of some a, a backfield or circulation anyway. DJ Dallas. Yeah, I mean, he was had potential to be a receiving back, but it seems like Penny just took that job over. Dallas still has some time to prove himself somewhere else. Roundtree, you know, Chris Evans, Eno Benjamin, Justin Jackson might get a you know shot to do something this week. Scotty Phillips from the Texans, he's still an IR. Travis Homer, uh, you know, he's a gadget guy. But, I mean, you need guys to fill roles. And th- th- this team needs a, a stud. You know, they need a, a an RB1 to compete, I think, at running back. You just can't have a million nobodies. But, um, I, I mean, I like Stevenson, but he won't be a – you can't depend on him every week as a stud. Yeah, this this feels like I don't I'm not a Carter guy either. Um, so I think Carter right now is a guy that I would look to deal because I think that you know, especially if Matt has a big game, but he might be a couple weeks late on that deal. But if I can trade him for he's a guy that I you would have taken early second, I assume, if you could trade him for somebody's excited about him as being a rookie back and you can get another first round pick in the 23 draft. That's where I'd be looking at this team, especially looking at this running back group and kind of looking at this wide receiver group. And when we get down to the tight end group, um, this is this feels like the type of team that I would be aggressively going for early 23 picks because there are so many running backs in that draft. Like I, I just look at this whole group of running backs and I like Stevenson and yeah, uh, but there's like, there's nothing special here at all. And right. I, I almost feel like once you get past Stevenson on this list, you can't drop 
these guys in dynasty because they could land in jobs and you don't have anybody else that you're really replacing them with. But at the same time, I, w- I think we'd be shocked if any of these guys ended up as starters. I, I mean, Chris Evans, I think is very underrated player. That's yeah, that, uh that's a fine piece to hold. I think that that hope that he ends up in that Gio Bernard role and, and you get some passing game utility out of him. But and certainly not saying cut these guys out like Scotty Phillips is or Travis Homer's guy that you probably cut. But um, other than that, they're holds because, you know, you know, Benjamin, you don't know how that backfield is going to shake out in free agency because Connor and Edmonds are both hitting free agency. So even if like I would expect they're going to replace them with somebody, but you know how dynasty works. Like those guys are off the roster. Eno's the only guy there. You're going to have a window in January where you might be able to trade him for something. Um, yeah. But, but I don't think there's any, anything special on this list. No. Uh, the wide receiver room, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Elijah Moore. What do you think about the wide receivers here? I like the, the good group, young group of wide receivers. Um, Juju's a guy that I feel like I still like fall into more than most in the community now. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you've got him as a keep. I've got him as a – I think he's a great trade candidate, That and especially I think Jarvis Landry's now got COVID. If trades are still open in your league, like somebody's going to buy in on that, and I don't know that he's – I might be wrong, but I don't know that I see him as a consistent fantasy starting wide receiver. I think he's kind of just that big play guy that might get replaced down the line. Um, Jalen Rager is a guy that I would be aggressively looking to get off my roster for literally anything I can get for him at this point. Um, But other than that, I think that this is a good group of young wide receivers, a good core to build around. Simon Peoples-Jones is a Michigan guy, right? He is a Michigan guy. He was a, he's, like a, he's a big recruit. I mean, he's a big time recruit and he's made plays, but it's also, uh, do you see him as a guy that's going to be getting 12 targets? Uh, no, but I could see six, seven, you know, and if he makes something happen on, you know, the, the six or seven, if he, if he catches four or five of the seven targets he gets on a, on a regular basis, I would think not 12, but how many people in the NFL, I mean, how many people in the NFL get 12 targets a game? Yeah, but I I just know that like the the dynasty that game that we play like you'll you'll find somebody in your league that is a young they see a young wide receiver and making some plays and I think they might be able to give you a little bit more value than what he's actually worth. Okay, fair. Uh, Hunter Henry, Adam Troutman. A lot of people are down on Hunter Henry. I, I still like the guy. You know, Troutman next year. Hopefully, he'll uh, he'll be able to you know produce what he was supposed to be doing this year. Evan Ingram is somebody, again, people hate him. They love kicking him when he's down, but he can go anywhere next year and produce. You know, he's a, he's still, he's only, he's only 25, right? Maybe 26. Yeah. He's still pretty young. And he's, I yeah. mean, he's got pedigree. He does. Gerald Everett yeah. is somebody I like. I think that, it's, you know, he had, he, for one, at one point in time when the season started, he is, his value is skyrocket. Now it kind of fell down to earth again. Tommy Tremble is more of a blocking tight end, but the guy can catch still. He's uh, talented. But I, the Panthers don't throw the ball to tight end very often. So, um, O.J. Howard, if, if Grant leaves, he's you know he could be a gold mine if he stays in Tampa Bay. Foster Moreau looks like crap out there, but uh, you know we'll see what happens with with him. Max Williams hurt. Max Williams is like a super freak. You know his numbers. Uh, you know his his college dominator. His everything. This guy. I, is somebody that I just thought was going to pan out a couple years ago when he came to the NFL and just nothing. I know he had a couple injuries and stuff, but I love Mac Williams. Max Williams coming in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. The, 
like this is a fine depth group of tight ends. It, do you know how the draft pick is like how draft picks are done in this league? Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a first, a third, fourth, fifth, right? So but it's... is it based on your oh, he doesn't even have his 23 thir- first anymore? He's got it. No, no, 23 first. Okay, well, he's got already gotten rid of his 23 first. So that's where, like, I because it's like some of these leagues that's based on potential points and some of them is based on record. And so this is, feels like that tight end group feels like a situation that if you're in a league that is based on potential points, it, it just one of these that there's no right answer there, but there's like an, enough decent, okay answers, but you're going to end up guessing wrong. And there it's like the type of thing where like, you know, if you can get a higher draft pick that by not, having these guys on your bench that score points that would are on your bench. Yeah. Like that's, you know, Hunter Henry is probably your guy that you're going to start most weeks in right now in this team. But it's like one of these that if you've got all these guys, you don't have one guy, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. No, I get it. Yeah. That's uh, all right. Let me stop sharing this. So we can go back to our regular screen. Well, uh, that's kind of any, what's the last suggestion you'd have for that team? Anything um, you just, Get, try to trade all this piece away for like there it is potential points that do max max points for is what they do it on sleeper so potential points max points for is what determines we have a lot of a lot of things so it's actually a 96 balls a little machine everybody shows up we do the lotto everybody goes freaks out scott Sidlow was in the league last year he had the 40 the 38 balls the 28 balls and then uh, the eight the uh, 22 balls and he's like this out of, out of six he had like 65% chance of hitting any of them, and he got the four, five, six. <laughs> it couldn't have worked out any better. He was like, Son of a bitch, I traded everything away for these picks. And I got nothing. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, that's one of those that got that not having a like real stud running back on there. I feel like I would go for and the the youth. There's a lot of good youth on that team. You like the the building foundation pieces at quarterback and at wide receiver. I feel like I might aggressively take one year to try to land some high draft capital. Not having your own 23 first, I feel like eliminates that possibility because if you, the moment you start, you know, you've been in these leagues, the moment you start to give a whiff that that might be the direction you're going to move, that you're not getting that pick off somebody because they, they, they want, they want to be able to make the playoffs and pick first with your pick. So that's where it's kind of like, I don't know, like what's the record for that team? Uh, I, you know, I can look it up, but they're not, I think they're, um, they are, uh, which one is this? This is, oh, they're, um, they didn't make, they're in the draft lottery. They didn't make the playoffs this year. So I was going to say, it didn't strike me as a particularly strong roster. And that's where you're like, you don't want to be stuck in that middle ground where, um, you you know, cause I just don't think that. I don't know. I, I'm probably lower on Carter than a lot of people are. Like, I just don't see him as going to be a long-term dynasty running back one. And so if that's your best running back, you're already kind of behind the eight ball at that position. That's where I would see an opportunity at, outside of these quarterbacks and maybe the top end wide receivers to get draft picks. And I something that I, I love to do is – when I'm really dialed in on my dynasty leagues, like you take your third and then like, as the value pops up for guys for a week, 
you find that person in your league that's desperate at that position and you take your third and that random player that's got some incremental value at the time and you get their second. And, you know, like one of these things that like you can continue to build and roll up as as you're paying attention and grabbing, especially running backs. And so that's the one thing that that they do have a lot of young like depth running backs that could step into value but that's one of those that if you're not concerned about winning in that particular year you can reap a lot of value doing that way build up draft capital and keep rolling things up because somebody's not it's it's one thing to walk in there with donovan people's jones and ask for a first round pick that's not going to happen but you when you start to build it up and then all of a sudden you've got that second round pick and now you you're throwing donovan people's jones in the second round pick for the first round pick and you you never know where these picks are going to end up in the future yeah. and so and everybody trading their first thinks that their team's good and their teams <laughs> might not end up being very good but yeah. but that's one of those that i i think there's a lot of value to be reaped in dynasty on if you are patient with that and look for those windows of value and especially in in a year where you're willing to not win and capitalize on those um like i'm i'm in one dynasty league and it's a 20 team dynasty and like i i ended up with michael thomas and obviously he went out but then like i hit on mike williams and i hit on um like joe mixon was good obviously but it was one of the i knew my team wasn't going to be good enough to make the playoffs in this league because um i during the draft i had moved down several times or like accumulated or like picks next rookie draft picks for next year. And so like I, when Mike, Mike Williams, I flipped him for Calvin Ridley because I knew like, okay, this is capitalizing on some potential short-term value, but I'm willing to take this year and lose this year. Or like I had, I hit a couple running backs off the waiver wire and immediately like the moment that they get buzzy on Twitter, like I'm sending them out for (laughs) second round picks, third round picks because like you, you can you can do that and and build a real war chest that you're able to turn into multiple other picks or we all know how rookie draft season works and if somebody's thirsty for that pick all of a sudden the the deal in October that they would never consider then they're tossing you a starting wide receiver for two second round picks or yeah. something like that so those deals are already always open available too mhm last question then we'll get out of here Start two, Mooney, Ayuk, Osborne, or Pittman. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I guess these are. I'm. I guess I'm going to go Ayuk and Osborne here. Like, we I would go. Yeah, I'd go um, Ayuk and Mooney here. I think Mooney and Osborne are probably pretty close. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, it's all right. That's what I would do. That's what you do. But uh, Jeff. This was awesome. Thanks for, I mean, I, I don't know how you're still talking right now. I'm, I'm already hoarse and I just did an hour show. So I don't know for you you're to good, do this man. all night. Um, thank you very much. This is my commissioner evaluation show. This is kind of what I do uh, for my little hobby here. Thanks for coming on uh, one more time. Tell the Twitter world where, uh, you know, where they could find you, but they already know, but go ahead and tell them anyway. No, absolutely. Thank you so much, John, for having me on. A joy and pleasure to talk to you and and going through all this. I'm very appreciative of you reaching out. You can find me on Twitter at for whom J Bell tolls, and then you can find me on Fantasy Pros. Find me on the Debbie Royale. Find me on Coming Off the Edge on Tuesday nights. 
I love that Twitter handle, by the way, for, for whom Jay. Thank Bell you very much. <laughs> it is super yeah, cool. I've, I, I get a lot of a uh, lot of people that stands out. So that's my recommendation to you out there in the Twitter sphere that if you're looking to grow your account, think of a good handle. Yeah, right. I got John Lynn 75. That's super boring. It's <laughs> good, man. Don't worry about it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And uh, thank you, Jeff. Talk to you later. Thank you.